Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 235. You're going to love this one, I promise. Here we go. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he secretly wants to write the lyrics for a catchy pop song, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here. Welcome to session 235 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. Really excited today because we're bringing on a guest who is doing passive income in a much different way. You know, we've talked in the past about uh, things like snacks and vending a little bit, but today we're gonna talk about vending a little bit more. And it's not the vending that you might be thinking about where it's snacks and sodas and things like that. And you may have been to airports and malls where you see different kinds of vending machines like for Proactive or for Best Buy. You can you can get electronics uh, like headphones and iPads and things like that through vending machines, which is kind of cool. But this is what's called School Spirit Vending. Matt's website is at schoolspiritvending.com. And he started with a gumball machine way back in the day. And it has turned into this massive empire where he's been able to find a niche in the vending space specifically for schools. So he's going to tell you all about that and how this all got started. But I have to say, really quick before we get, get going, Matt and I have met each other a few times and we've had lunch together. I've had lunch with his family. Man, one of the most genuine and amazing people I know. And the reasons why he's doing this is to help other families. That's why this whole thing is is franchised because it's not only a business that he built for him to change his lifestyle and, and, and to find success and, and be a good example for his kids that way, but he's been able to be able to, pa- he, he was, he's been able to package this into something that others can do too. And he's helped you know hundreds of other families uh, do it on the side or actually turn it into a full-time business through the franchise model. So we're gonna talk also about you know how he was able to do that and what that really means because we haven't really discussed that on the show either. So a very unique show, it's gonna be very inspiring. But again, Matt's such a cool person. You're gonna hear just how genuine he is in just a moment. So why don't we just get right to it? Here it is. What's up, everybody? I'm so happy to welcome Matt Miller from schoolspiritvending.com to the show. This has been a long time coming. Matt, thank you for being on today. Hey, Pat. Thanks for having me on, man. This is awesome. And you and I, we've uh, had meals together. You know, I, I've gotten to meet your beautiful family. I mean, you and what you've been able to create for yourself and and your family and just the lifestyle you've been able to live now from the success of your business has just been super inspiring, which is why I wanted to have you on the show. So School Spirit Vending, why don't you tell us all what, what exactly this is? 
What we do is we specialize in hassle-free year-round fundraising for schools. You know, schools across America today, two of the biggest pain points that they have is funding and volunteers. And with our program, essentially what we do is, is we provide additional funding and we sub in as a volunteer by doing all the work with what we do. And essentially we, we develop custom stickers for schools with their mascot and their colors and all that. And then mm-hmm. we place sticker machines in the school it ends up being a an ongoing fundraiser for the school, and it ends up being a passive income stream for our franchisees once they get things set up. Wow. So you have the ability to, to have schools fundraise while, you know, adding school spirit, obviously, through what, what comes out of these machines, but you're also providing life-changing opportunities for people who are actually getting involved with you and your company. Yeah, our our mission statement is funds for schools, freedom for families, and change for kids. And the the, the funds for schools part is is the obvious part, mm-hmm. but the freedom for families that's been one of my passions all along is is to first off with my family create a a family business that we could all grow together and do together and learn together, and of course the environment that we've created today has been developed for the families that we work with as well to do the same thing so that it's not just mom and dad doing business together and in many cases learning business together for the first time, but it's their kids that are doing the same. And along the way, we're developing, you know, multi-generational entrepreneurship. I don't know about you, Pat. I know you started a little earlier in your life, but I didn't start uh, any kind of business whatsoever till I was in my late 20s, didn't start SSV until I was 40. So to have my kids and the kids of, of our team get involved at a much earlier age, I think is is can do nothing but really be beneficial for all those involved. So it, it's a lot of fun. I love that. And, and, and to me, the times that I've sat in, and spoken with you, you know, that is very obvious to me that you are here to help these families uh, too. The last time we spoke, I think you had mentioned an event that you had put on for some of your franchisees. And, you know, it wasn't just the moms and dads coming. It was it was the families and everybody getting involved. I think that's super cool. And for me, as you know, as you know, Matt, I have two young kids and I'm getting my son involved with, with business and getting his mind in that place. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just so cool as a father to see and to have him, to, to, to literally see him think differently and think in terms of solving problems and business. And it's, it's just super fun. Before we get into, you know, how your business is run, and I'd love to dive into actually how you franchise this. This is, some, this is a topic that we uh, haven't really discussed on the show before. But also, I just want to know, how did you even get started with this? You know, it was purely out of necessity, Pat. I was in a really, really bad place financially here about 10, 11 years ago. I had transitioned out of the military into the corporate world and was doing really, really well. In fact, my first full year in the advertising world, I was number two out of 750 uh, executives in the company that I worked for. The challenge was that my boss decided to put a lot of the quota of our office out of Houston on my back the next year. And instead of having a 5 to 10% quota increase, which was pretty standard across the board, mm-hmm. my quota was increased over 90%. So I went from being a hero to a zero overnight. That decision cost my family about 80 grand in commissions and, commissions and bonuses the next year. And we were in a deep, deep hole 
I, I got to the point where I had to go to consumer credit counseling services to get all my interest rates, you know, cut down to nothing. I got turned down for a payday loan at one point. Now, you don't have to have a credit rating to get a payday loan, but you do have to have a bank statement that shows that there aren't any overdraft charges or anything. And the month before, I had three overdraft charges. So I got turned down for a couple hundred bucks. You know, here I am, quote unquote, America's finest former Air Force Academy grand, former Air Force pilot, you know, having trouble just paying the bills. And so I was looking for a way to do something on the side because I could look at the compensation plan and knew that it wasn't going to fill that hole. Mm -hmm. And so I collected aluminum cans for a while. I sold used books online for about a year and a half with Amazon and Alibris and Half.com. My garage looked like uh, a library at that point. In fact, my office was in a air-conditioned you know, or unclimate-controlled garage down in Houston. In fact, that's the first time I heard about you. I never forget reading uh, you, you know, your blog in the early days when you were getting started and it actually ended up being some of my inspiration for for kind of where we headed from there. But I had a buddy at church one Sunday who mentioned that he and his young daughters had bought a couple of gumball machines mm-hmm. and they were doing business together as a family. And I remember that conversation and I had read Kiyosaki's book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was like, I have got to find a way not only to work my way out of this hole, but as I'm working my way out of this hole work myself into a place where I can make money passively, where I've got control over my life and my time, where I can do the things that I really feel like God has led me to do instead of just paying the bills. And gumballs was kind of weird. And of course, a gumball is only a quarter. But the beauty of it was, given the situation I was in, not having any money, not even being able to own my own house at that point, we were renting, a, a vending machine made perfect sense. So I got my first candy and gumball machine used online through eBay for like 36 bucks. It was a guy across Houston, so I didn't even have to pay for shipping. And I loaded up Zane and Sarah, my oldest two, in my 98 Honda Accord one Saturday and drove across town to pick up that machine and kind of started teaching myself vending. I, I had bought a couple of ebooks on Amazon, so I knew some of the basics. But the following Monday, I went out knocking on doors at local businesses trying to get that uh, machine placed. And after a couple of days, I found a karate studio in the area that was willing to give uh, give it a shot to let me set it up. I was working with MD Anderson's Children's Cancer Hospital at the time. And so we were raising money for them on top of what we were doing, um, you know, what I was doing in vending. Mm -hmm. And so I set that machine up. Now, the capacity of the machines is such that normally, you know, you don't have to service but every six to eight weeks. And I was so wondering, is this thing really going to work that after two weeks, I couldn't take it anymore. I went down to the place one Thursday night. It was packed with kids for karate classes. I put the key in the machine and quarters spilled out everywhere on the floor. And I was like, holy smokes. Wow. I've maybe found my answer, right? So I went back a couple weeks later, had enough money from those two 
uh, you know, servicings to go get another machine from that same guy because he had a garage full of them. And slowly but surely, I cash flowed this thing over over a period of time. Fast forward a year and a half later, I had about 130 locations around Houston. Wow. Was making about twice what I was in vending that I was full time at the same job that I that I still had at that point. And then 07 and 08 hit and the market tanked. And here I'd put all this work in and now there weren't people going out to the restaurants that I had machines in and that type of thing. And just so happened, several young kids came knocking on my door selling me stuff for the local school fundraising. And I thought it was odd because the kids were my kids' age and there's no way in a suburb of Houston I was going to let my kids go out knocking on doors, you know, to neighbors and 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 people that I didn't know in the community. Mm-hmm. And so the whole idea of having machines in the schools where all the kids were and getting some kids off the street at the same time really made sense with me. So came up with this whole idea of spirit stickers and customizing for schools. And, and that's kind of where SSV started. Tell me about your first school. Like how did that, how did that deal go down? My good buddy, a guy by the name of Jeremy Rand, he was an elementary PE teacher at West Columbia Elementary, which is about an hour and a half Southwest of Houston. And he and his wife, Teeny came over for dinner one night and I kind of shared with him what I was thinking He said, Matt, let me check with my principal and see what she thinks, and maybe we can test this thing. And he called me back a couple weeks later and said, hey, you're approved. Bring a machine down. That's so so cool. So we scrambled to figure out how to make spirit stickers and got those made, put the machine in. And the first month, the numbers were crazy. The second month, they were even crazier. And the third month, because my buddy Jeremy was in the school and was able to refill the machine um, when it needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third month was just off the charts. And I was like, okay, we're onto something here. Well, then it was trying to figure out how to market this. And I went back to the door-to-door stuff I had done with the gumballs, but I found schools weren't really willing to respond in that way. And I didn't really find any forward-thinking administrators at that point in time. So I was frustrated Thankfully, I I happened upon the Texas PTA website and they were having an event on the north side of Houston. So we, uh, me and Jeremy and another buddy, Shane, all of which uh, we had done some other business stuff together off and on, decided to split a table and give this thing a whirl. And we came out of that event with 10 schools and, uh, you know, haven't looked back. That's incredible. And so your mindset as you're going through this, when, at what point were you like, this is something, you know, I know you had mentioned the first uh, kind of pickup where all the quarters came out, but to be something long-term in the, in the school spirit stuff, like when did you really say, this is, this is it. And when did you kind of, or how did you even kind of just scale it from there? You know, it was after that first trade show and we had that many moms that were excited about what we were doing that I thought, okay, this might finally be my deal. Now, I I don't know if you ever remember or ever saw on, I think it was on CNN for a while. It was the Donnie Deutsch show. It's called The Big Idea. Yes. And, And he used to have people on and interview them about their success stories and and failures and all that stuff in business. And I, I, I was an avid watcher of that show 
It was kind of my fix every week at the mm -hmm. time. And I'll never forget he had the CEO of Coinstar, the company that has the coin machines in at the grocery, in the grocery stores. stores. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they also rolled out the Redbox program, DVD rentals. I don't know if they still do that anymore, but they started it. Anyway, I saw him on that show and I saw him dressed to the nines, cufflinks, you know, tie as tight as it can be. And I was like, you know, I don't know the guy from Adam and I still know nothing about him, to be honest. But this was just my impression at the time. I was like, you know, that guy's got a hundred million dollar company, but I don't know if I'd want anything about his life because I, my guess is the company owns him. And at that point in time, I made a conscious decision that I didn't want to own it all. And I didn't want to have employees spread all over tarnation. I, I wanted to find other owners who would be as excited about doing this as I was, who would take ownership and would be a lot less headache as time went on. And for teaching them, me get a small cut of everything they do for coming up with the idea and putting the system in place. So we started just uh, a distributorship model. I guess it was four months or so after that, a good buddy of mine came down to a, an event I was working. Uh, he and I used to fly together at the air, in the Air Force, and he just hung out with me that day. Uh, no business involved, just, just hanging out. We hadn't seen each other in a while. And about a week later, he calls me up and he says, Matt, um, I've been talking with Joy, and I want to do what you do. Will you let me? <laughs> and at that point, I'm like, okay, uh, let me think about that. <laughs> yeah, but but I don't know how. <laughs> so anyway, we figured that out and it was a licensing agreement that we established with the early team. We grew to about 45 families or so at that point. And then I had hired Aaron Walker. I know you've had Aaron on the show. Yeah, he's amazing. I hired him a couple years ago because I had met him at a Dave Ramsey Entree Leadership event. And I walked away from that event thinking, man, this guy, 35 plus years of experience, multi-multi-millionaire, been there, done that. Every word out of his mouth was words of wisdom. I'm like, I got to get around this guy. So I finally convinced him into letting him be my coach and hired him. And about 18 months ago, he, he calls me Romeo because I wasn't doing a very good job of dating my wife when, when we first started the coaching relationship. And so <laughs> anyway, every time we talk, it's, Hey, Romeo, what's yeah. up, man? Well, anyway, <laughs> I'll never forget. This was 18 months ago. We're doing our weekly call. And he says, you know, Romeo, I was doing a little research over the weekend, and do you have any idea how many schools there are out there that you're not in right now? And this is what I know. You're not in them because they don't know about you. So you got to figure out a way to let them know about you because they would love and embrace what you're doing just like all the 2,000 or so you're in now. They just don't know about you yet. So I got motivated to start to figure out how do we grow our team? Cause everything had been word of mouth and friends and family up to that point and started doing some research, saw that it was going to be pretty costly, consulted my attorney. He said, you know, Matt, if you want to grow in some of the parts of the country you're not in, you really need to be a franchise. Hmm. Well, I didn't have any money put away for that. That wasn't even on the horizon for me. So about 14 months ago now, we became a franchise, and that's the growth pattern from here. We 
our team grew over 50% in size in the last six months. We're on track to grow over 100% this year alone. And it's crazy, Pat, how many people are looking for passive income, much like you talk about every day on your show, but who are also looking to put together a, a family business that they can do with their kids. And our message has really resonated with people and our culture you know, has allowed families to develop that all over the country. And we've been truly blessed because of that. That's amazing. Matt, first of all, congratulations. Freaking amazing story and already changing lives. And it's just my brain is spinning with, I want to do this now too. And I think a lot of people who are listening to this might be considering something similar. I'm I'm curious in in, in the start of you kind of scaling and sharing this kind of business model with others, even before going down the franchise road, uh, which I do want to dive into. What were some of the challenges in you kind of packaging what you had and then letting other people do the same thing? What was going through your head? What were some of the hiccups along the way? Well, there's a couple of things that were kind of I was kind of wrestling with because I kind of prided myself in being that sol- solopreneur, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the guy that can kind of do it all, no employees, all that. So I had that on one side, but then I also had the scalability piece that I was wrestling with because I I saw that there were people that were getting value from this. I saw lives changed in our schools. I saw lives changed in families and, and kids, you know, being inspired and, and families doing stuff together and all that. So I really, really struggled. But the one thing that I, that helped me out a lot is being a former pilot, we live by the checklist Mm -hmm. and you live and die by it. And there's the before taxi checklist. There's the before takeoff checklist. There's the before engine start checklist, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And the reason for that is because airplanes are such complex operations um, or, or complex, you know, machines to fly. It's too easy for us to get confused or get lost or to forget a step that you can lose your life from. So you always wear that checklist on your leg. And so when I was getting the business started, that's what I knew because I spent nine years doing it in the Air Force. So I started putting together checklists. I started putting together systems, not really realizing why. It was just kind of what I knew to do. Mm -hmm. But what happened was those systems allowed me to scale this for the first seven and a half years as a solopreneur still give the people everything that they need, provide the environment for them to thrive and to grow. But it also allowed me to have somewhat of a life on the side as well and have some control over my time also. So that that was huge for me in, in being able to scale it is having those systems in place. Though I fought for a long time, you know, the whole employee thing, I kind of prided myself in it. Today, We've got a number of employees. We've got a, a bunch of independent contractors as well that we work with across the, uh, the country. And we've got a team that is growing very, very quickly to keep up with, with a franchise team and all the other systems and programs that we're putting in place to keep this as profitable a business for, as, it, as it can be for everybody. So are you glad that you've kind of gotten away from, I want to do this on my, on my own to expanding out and growing your team? Uh, No doubt. No doubt. It took me a while because it was just, it was one of those unknowns, right? 
And I don't know why I made it such a big deal. It's like, I'm sure you've seen this too with the people you've come across. <laughs> I was the exact same way <laughs> as you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I, I don't know, you know, payroll and this and that and mm -hmm. everything else. And I was like, I finally just got over it. It's like, I'm sure you've seen it where a lot of people along the way, as they're trying to make that transition from, from working in a corporate job to being an entrepreneur, the big sticking point seems to be for everybody, you know, healthcare and benefits and all that. Right. Yeah. And, and then you get out and you realize that really wasn't that big a deal, but it's kind of made to deal to be a big deal in the corporate world. Well, as an entrepreneur that hiring the first person was, I made it to be such a big deal and it really wasn't. I just needed to get some, you know, some help and mm -hmm. some people who knew better. And, and, you know, here we are now today in a much better place because of it. When you are working with others who are helping to scale this business, you're building your, your team, not your employees, but the franchisees and the other people who are taking this business model and essentially allowing it to expand what what does that deal look like I've, I've always been curious about like how does that work i know that you had said earlier you take a percentage of it like are you able to share how, like what what those numbers are like yeah i can i can at least share some of the basics uncle sam doesn't allow us to share a lot of revenue numbers and all that believe it or not huh. um, that occurs during the franchise uh, interview process. But as far as the basics, is, you know, as far as getting started, um, so we have protected territories for everybody that we work with so that they don't have to worry about somebody else, you know, potentially coming in and doing business where they are. Mm -hmm. it, it's actually one of the best decisions I made because it enables our team to work together in support of one another instead of being in competition with one another. An average franchise today, I read here recently, is about 125 grand in, in the U.S. today. Uh, our franchise is anywhere between 17 and 23,000. The franchise fee of which is only $8,200. We intentionally keep it as low as possible to allow uh, the barrier to entry to be low so that people have the opportunity to, to potentially realize some of the dreams for their family that I've been at, you know, had an opportunity to realize as well. That basically covers a lot of our operating expenses. It covers, uh, you know, as a franchise, we have to have a audit every year of our books as an example. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculously expensive just to do that as an example. Um, but then, of course, there's a lot of legal fees to, uh, uh, that go along with what we do. Uh, but we try to keep that low so that anybody can be a part if they want to. You know, part of that is, is the franchise fee. Part of it is a six-month mentorship program where we link people up with one of the veterans on our team who's got a bunch of success. Mm -hmm. And they end up kind of uh, being their sounding board. They take them through a syllabus. They also are required to go several days on site in the territory where the new franchisees getting started and help them go out and start promoting what we do. So we really uh, do all, as much as we possibly can to ensure success for those that get started, because that's really what it's all about, right? Is, is them achieving their dreams, goals, and aspirations as well. Not just, you know, Matt uh, and what, is able to happen for me or for the schools involved. So we spend a lot of time, have a lot of training and systems in place to ensure people's success. One, one of the things I do, Pat, that's kind of unique uh, that I'm aware of anyway as well, 
is I do two podcasts myself a month, or excuse me, a week privately just for our franchise team. And in the last year, I've I've released about 100 episodes. Uh, Many of them are interviews with other franchisees on the team, you know, sharing success stories, best practices, failures, embarrassing moments, you know, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But then I also have an episode every week. It's just called SSV Tips, and it's me sharing either basic success principles or speaking specifically to something that's going on within the team. It's only five to 10 minutes long. It's very short. But what I found is the community that has been developed by doing that. I I mean, it's, it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made because I was finding blog posts. People were taking less and less time to read because of how busy we all are. Mm -hmm. And the podcast, as you know, enables people to, you know, take in that information while they're doing other things, whether it be driving, working out or whatever. Right. And that has strengthened our community far beyond my wildest dreams and has been a huge part of what we do uh, to grow the team, grow the community and support everybody along the way. So growing the team in terms of adding new members to the team is happening sort of internally, you're saying through... Uh, what what you're doing here is you're essentially giving information to your existing members. So I'm curious: is there uh, are, are you potentially losing out on on growing your business and and your franchise uh, by not po- posting these podcasts publicly, or do you feel that it might be having a growth effect from internally through word of mouth? Uh, you know, my focus on them is purely the the betterment of the team and the growth of the individuals within the team. Um, a lot of the stuff we talk about is, you know, specific to what we do. It's proprietary. Mm-hmm. So because of that, you know, they're private intentionally in that regard. I do have a podcast that I do externally. It's called School Zone and it's geared towards administrators, educators, and volunteers. And it's a place where they can come to get a much deeper dive with many of the companies that are out there serving them in their space, whether they be fundraising or resource companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we get a, a, a lot of school interest because SSV is the exclusive uh, sponsor of that show. But otherwise, as far as growing the franchise team, you know, it, it's all about the website and it's all about a lot of the, you know, the interviews and that kind of stuff that I've done along the way. You know, we do Facebook ads and that type of thing as well. Um, so that's more geared purely towards the betterment and the improvement and the growth of the individual, um, not the team as a whole, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now for, I mean, a franchise business isn't necessarily for everybody. I mean, for instance, I I couldn't take smart passive income and tell somebody to do that. I mean, I guess I could, but I don't think it would work out so well because I'm my own brand and, you know, right. Pat Flynn is very much what smart passive income is. But for this, I mean, it makes complete sense. Um, how would one go about, you know, either analyzing whether or not a franchise going down that road is is right for them to take their business that they have and let other people have access to it and be able to grow it? And then also, you know, how do you even if you wanted to do that, how would, how would you even get started? I'm curious to ha- how you went to, you know, a more formal franchise uh, kind of business. You know, if somebody is looking to maybe get involved in a franchise in some way, shape or form, there's a number of books out there that they can, 
that they can get on Amazon that will give them a lot of background. There's actually a really, really great podcast out there. I don't know if you're familiar with Josh Brown. He's He's got a podcast called Franchise Euphoria. He's a franchise attorney, mm-hmm. and most of his episodes are geared towards people that are looking to, uh, to be a franchisee. Mm-hmm. in something and the do's, the don'ts, the things to look out for, you know, that type of thing. There's also the International Franchise Association that has a lot of resources for people that are reaching or that are looking into that. And they also have a, a, an exhaustive list of all the different franchise opportunities there are out there. As far as somebody who might want to franchise their business, you know, the first thing is you've got to prove that it's profitable, and that it has to be something that can be duplicated. You said yourself it would be difficult to duplicate what you're doing now. But there are a lot of businesses that with forethought could be duplicated successfully. What I've seen, though, is there's a bunch of folks that I've run across that they they try to take that step way too early. And that's problematic because you know, people are buying into a franchise because it's a proven model. We had seven and a half years under our belt before we sold our first franchise. So we've been there, we've done that. We've got a track record. You've got to have that track record because otherwise, why would somebody spend thousands of dollars to be a part of what you're doing, no matter how great the idea is? So make sure you don't jump into it too quickly. Take your time but also make sure that you're putting systems in place because that's really what the franchise is all about. It's shortening the path from point A to point B for people. You know, it's allowing them to not have to make a lot of the mistakes that I made along the way, figuring this whole thing out. And there's a lot of value in that along with the support system and all that as well. But you got to take the time to do that and do it properly because your success is built on the success of your franchisees and the profitability of the franchisees needs to be the number one priority in order to successfully run a business like this. It can't be about me. And thankfully it doesn't have to be. I actually have got 110 schools of my own. I don't service them anymore. Thankfully I've, I've got folks that do that for me, mm-hmm. but I intentionally built that myself to prove the concept, number one, but number two, to have an income that has nothing to do with anybody else but me. It takes the pressure off of everybody within our organization. It allows people to grow at their own pace based on what their family's goals, dreams, and aspirations are, not some arbitrary quota or number that I might put in front of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the recipes and the secrets to our success is is creating an environment of growth, but then allowing people to progress at their own pace. Love that. Now, hypothetically, if I wanted to do vending, like what you're doing and what you're offering, I'm I'm just so so it's a it's it's a payment to kind of get access to everything and you get the training and then you get the equipment and whatnot and then kind of just you're on your own, right? And then I'm 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 just curious on you know, regulars who are a part of your team who've been doing this for a while, what is their, what is their life like? Like what, what do they, like, do they go and service them each day? Like, I'm curious to what the lifestyle is like as somebody who, you know, is doing vending. Most of the people are doing this not only as a secondary income, but they're, they're doing it as a lifestyle business. So most of them that have been around for a while, they've built this to whatever level 
and it, with the plan of having others step in to to take care of a lot of the day to day so that they can do whatever they want i i see this and i've always talked about this with our team I, you know i i'd be silly to think that ssv is all that that they might ever want to do i see it as a vehicle for for them to get the money out of the way to free up a bunch of time if they choose to step away from their full-time career so that they can be what God truly has planned for them and and accomplish so much more that right now they can't because they're stuck in the nine to five just working to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the thought process behind it. Foundationally, we've had a bunch of folks, this is all they do. And, and you know, they work a few days a month, literally. I've got others that have started other businesses successfully and are using SSV as the foundation so that they can, you know, go on to to other things. I've got others that their intention is to put together a large organization that potentially spans several states and, you know, over time, you know, potentially have thousands of schools that their organization is working in and out of. So there's a lot of different ways folks look at it and have decided to, to follow through. I've got some people, this is a secondary income. That's all it'll ever be. Uh, it's helped them put their kids through college. It's helped them take a trip to Europe every year. So it's kind of up to the individual and what they want, you know, and what their long-term goals are. Yeah, that's amazing. And you had talked about accomplishing, you know, much more. And I'm, I'm to finish off the show here, I'd love to talk about some of the philanthropic things that you have been involved with. I know speaking with uh, even, even, one of your daughters that she's gone out and has gone on to the field to help other countries in certain ways. And I just love to know your thoughts on that. People who have listened to the show before know that I'm big on philanthropic efforts and I'm trying to learn more about that. I'd love to know what organizations you're involved with, how you're helping them. Seems like this has been something that's uh, been really important to you for a long time now. Yeah, I've always wanted to be able to break away and, and do some of those things that I really felt called to do. And when I left my corporate job five and a half years ago, I finally had the ability to do that. And we've been blessed to be uh, a part of a very missionally oriented church. I'm on the board of directors of a, a nonprofit called Kids Across Cultures. And what we do is, you know, provide life change for kids in other parts of the globe. Right now, a lot of our work is being done in Southeast Asia. Um, I've had the opportunity to take my oldest son, Zane, who's a sophomore in college, uh, over to China to, to do some water projects there together. And then he went back later and and participated in some other projects on his own with another group. I've had the ability to do the same with my daughter, Sarah, and she went back in June and, and was able to do the same thing. Um, you know, to not just travel somewhere and to help people temporarily or, or for a few days, but to literally develop relationships with people over time, even though they're halfway across the globe. You know, that's where real change, in my opinion, occurs. And I know you're doing a lot of that, too, with Pencils of Promise and some of the other things that you're a part of. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to be able to take even a small part of the blessings that that we've been given and the opportunity that we've had um, here in this country and to be able to help others. I mean, there's no more important thing in my estimation Um 
you know, helping others in one way, shape or form, whether it be overseas or here in this country, this has freed me up to do some of those things. And I, I couldn't do it before because I had, I had a limited amount of time that I could take off. And, you know, I was always competing with, you know, family vacations and all that kind of stuff. And then, mm-hmm. of course, there wasn't the money available to do a lot of those things either. So it's given us the flexibility and the freedom to do that. And another thing that I do, Pat, is I was inspired to read as a kid reading comic books. And so a couple of years ago, I hired a couple of young guys to start writing comic books for me. And our, uh, they came up with a series. It's called Marlin and Percy. They're a couple of apes that want to be superheroes. And they showed up a couple of years ago for the first time in our, in our sticker machines. The cardboard that the stickers are vended out of, it's like a little folder. And any vending machine you'll go to pretty much across the country except for ours, that folder is just a blank piece of cardboard that gets thrown away. Mm-hmm. We print on that. And Marlon and Percy uh, have become kind of our Bazooka Joe of our vending yeah, machines. I love it. <laughs> um, we've also now... Uh, written five full-length comic books and also a, a full-length children's novel. Um, this semester, we're starting to give away uh, some of those comic books with uh, about a quarter of the vends that we do in our schools so that little Johnny and little Susie are not just getting a sticker. They're also getting a, a free download of a comic book. And uh, hopefully along the way, we'll inspire some kids to read with some some material that mom and dad don't have to worry about the content. Um, it's so cool. You know, on top of, you know, the vending and the fundraising and all that stuff we do. Yeah, that's amazing. Man, I love what you're doing, Matt. This is this is incredibly inspiring. I think a lot of people out there who are listening right now are just chomping at the bits to learn more about you and what you have going on. Where can people learn more about, you know, your story and what you're, what you're up to? The best way to reach me, Pat, I, I actually wrote a short ebook called Live Your Dreams, The Top 10 Reasons Why You Need to Own a Vending Business. Uh, most professionals don't look at vending as a real business. And when they think of vending, they think of sodas and right. snacks and all that. They don't think of stickers or gumballs for that matter. And so I, with 12 years experience in the industry, I kind of outlined some of the things that that probably aren't obvious to most folks that make vending in general, not just what I do, but but any kind of vending, a very attractive uh, potential uh, passive income stream on top of what they do. But they can go to ssvbusiness.com forward slash SPI and download that for free. If they want to get some more background on general vending, I'd love to help them. If they want to begin a dialogue about the franchise, we can do that too. Um, but hopefully that'll benefit some folks and 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 help some help impact some lives in your audience. Well, thank you for that. So that's ssvbusiness.com slash SPI. Yes, sir. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. We appreciate you. Keep up the great work and uh, looking forward to following up with you later. Yeah, thanks, Pat. God bless. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Matt Miller, again, from schoolspiritvending.com. It's definitely got me and my wife thinking about, well, how, how we might we be able to do something like this? So we're talking about it, but we'll see. So Matt, thank you. I know you're listening to this. I appreciate you and your time. For those of you listening, if you want to get the show notes for this episode, all the links and, and everything that we talked about, head on over to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 235. You can get all the notes there. And I also want to tell you about today's sponsor really quick, which is shipstation.com. So when you're selling 
anything online, especially physical products, you know, getting those orders out the door quickly can can be tough. You know, there's a lot of moving pieces and you gotta get collect all the orders from all the different places that you sell online and then you gotta, you know, print all the labels and then get them all shipped out properly. And that's why you need ShipStation. They make it super easy. They are the bridge between all those different orders from all those different places you sell and then the carriers that actually ship those things to your customers. They automatically bring all of your orders into one easy to use interface. They print those labels for you and then they help you choose the right carrier to get the lowest rate for every package. And what's really cool is that that last part I just mentioned there because they have special deals with carriers that you can't get access to if you were just on your own. So you get like Fortune 500 level discounts on stuff because you are a part of ShipStation with all of your shipping stuff that you're doing. And they have a special offer for you today which is really cool. So Try ShipStation right now for free for 30 days, but you also get an additional month free if you go to ShipStation.com, you click on that microphone at the top, and then type in SPI. So again, 30 days for free, get an additional month free. Go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top, and type in SPI. All right, thanks again. I appreciate you listening in today. If you had a moment and uh, could leave a review on iTunes, an honest review, that'd be fantastic. I haven't asked for one of those in a while, but you know, people keep saying, Pat, you need to ask for those more. Well, here I am asking, and if you had the time to just take one minute, head on over to iTunes, leave a review for Smart Passive Income. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much. Keep moving forward, and I look forward to serving you in next week's episode. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.